Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Chapter 6, or verse, or chapter 11, verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. This is one of those scriptures that kind of rattles you, you know, when you read it. Without faith, it is impossible. When something is impossible, what does that mean? It means there are no possibilities, right? It is, there, it is possibility free, free of possibilities. It says here that without faith, there is no possibility to please God. How many know that with faith there is, right? It says, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The Amplified of this says, but without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to God. You know, we just had Brother, Brother George's, uh, Pastor George's uh, celebration service. They called it his uh, graduation service today and uh, went on to glory, 83 years old. And, um, uh, you know, uh, he is in a place that if the Lord tarries, even the Lord doesn't tear. If the Lord doesn't tear, we'll all get there sooner. But uh, if the Lord doesn't tear, we'll all go the same way Brother George went. And, and uh, you know, the most important thing uh, in life is what's coming after this life. You know, there's life to come after this one. We're already living it. You do realize that, right? We're already in it right now. But we'll see things very differently at the time. We're all going to stand before Jesus. And, um, you know, if you, if you people who've accepted him, those who haven't accepted him, even those will have their opportunity. I tell you what. If if I know in our culture we're, we're, we seem to be real concerned with what people think about us, there's only one person whose opinion really matters, right? And uh, that's the Lord Jesus. And Brother George, you know, went home to be the Lord on Tuesday. Went home to be the Lord on Tuesday, and uh, uh, you know, uh, they made a joke when he today at the at the uh, graduation service, and he got to heaven that. He probably walked up to St. Peter at the gate and said, are you born again? So uh, uh, if you know Brother George, he was always he was getting people born again all the time. Thank God for that. And, um, but you know, he had an opportunity to see Jesus face to face. And, you know, it, it, when we read these scriptures, the reality of this has to, you know, you realize the word is divinely inspired by God. That the things that are here are not just written just to be written for filler or for things that just to throw things out there. Every word was inspired by the spirit, meaning that it was, it wasn't just, just a shotgun, uh, uh, letters or a shotgun message from God that was just put out there and it will see where it lands. They were specifically designed for us and there's truth in every one. And so it says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And, uh, you know, and I, and like I said, the amplified of that said, uh, uh, it's impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. You know, it's one of those things we're all going to stand before Jesus. And I don't know about you, but, but as I go further, I have a, I have a greater re- revelation or understanding or desire that I want to be fully pleasing and satisfactory to him. Are you out there tonight? Anybody else you want to be satisfactory to the Lord? You know, it's one thing to say, I want to please the Lord when, when, when you're, we're here, but we will stand in front of him and know and be known. Think about that. We will know him even as he knows us. I mean, we, we will know every detail and just like he knows every detail. And we're going to be aware of the fact that we know every detail, right? 
And so we'll stand before the Lord and, and, and it, it, in order to be fully pleasing him, to please him, to be fully satisfactory, you know, there are things we have to do. And without faith, it's impossible to do that. But with it, praise God, it absolutely is. Amen. We can be completely satisfactory. We can please him and satisfy him. I believe, Brother George, when he stood before the Lord, the Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. I know him. They say, was he perfect? No, because nobody is. But I will say this. I believe the Lord looked at him and said, well done. Whether or not you get a well done or well you're done is entirely up to you, right? You, you, it's, it's a funny saying, but it, 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 there will be one of the two. I would hate to be the one where he says, you know, I'm not too happy at all with you. That would be, that would be terrible, right? But it'll be either well done or well you're done. And, uh, you know, we only get one shot to do this, and, and uh, our life is but a vapor. It's kind, of, it's kind of sad, Pastor Greg. But I tell you what, it can be glorious. A vapor is something that is just, there it is. But, you know, when the vapor is filled with the glory of God, if your life is one that is filled with God's glory, what an awesome thing even to be a vapor, right? But, you know, we get one chance to do this. And, and it says here, with faith, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Amplified says it's impossible to please and to satisfy him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he's a rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. The New Living Bible, I personally love the New Living Translation. It says, um, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he's a, he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Sincerely seek him. Notice he rewards those who sincerely seek them. What does that mean? He actually pays up. He responds. Amen. The message, said, message Bible says it's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. Not only that he exists, but he cares enough to respond. Can I tell you tonight, God cares enough to respond to you if you seek him. If you're seeking him, he cares enough to respond. You know, uh, it says, uh, without faith, it's impossible. We know these, this scripture, he's a rewarder. Bless God, he's a rewarder. You know, whatever it is you need, God has it. Are you out there tonight? And even tonight, whatever it is you need, God has it. I may not have it. Your spouse may not have it. Your kids may not have it. God has whatever it is that you need. It doesn't matter what the question is, what the situation is. He has those things for you. And so we, we, we rejoice in those things that, you know, that we believe he is, that we believe he, 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 he exists. Yes, he also has the things we need and that he's a rewarder. But notice it says that he's a rewarder of what? Of who? Those who diligently seek him, right? Notice that we have to believe that he is, but that's not where the process it begins and ends. You have to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of what? Those who diligently seek him. You know, something that the, for the last little while the Lord's been but just kind of dealing with me, like I so said, we talked about this on a Wednesday night that, not that long ago uh, next door, is faith is such an important thing, but there are different kinds of faith. There, there is faith that produces and faith that doesn't produce. You know, faith is just simply something you believe. Right? It's just something that you believe. You have faith. We, people understand we, we maybe turn, might turn faith into a spiritual concept. While it is a spiritual concept, every person understands faith. They, have, they believe in something. 
And so faith is important. And that's one of the things that's been a foundation of our churches is that we instill faith and we, we pursue the faith of God. We know that it belongs to us and we, we understand these things. And so we talk a lot about faith, but in the scripture it says without, without faith, it's impossible, but he's rewarded the, of those who do something with their faith. Right. You know, I was thinking, uh, last night, um, you know, it's one thing to have somebody believe in you. I mean, even nice, isn't it nice to have someone who believes in you? anybody out there where you actually enjoy people believing in you? I mean, wouldn't you rather have more people who believe in you than, than people who don't believe in you? Have you ever had somebody who just doesn't believe in you? How it kind of, ah, just kind of stings a little bit, right? So it's great to have somebody who believes in you, but have you know, just believing in you only really helps so much. Just knowing that somebody believes in you can, can inspire you some, but what really is a blessing in your life, what really has an effect on your life is someone who believes in you to the point that they, they then change the way they respond to you, right? Believing is one thing. Believing is good. We want people to believe in us, but we also want people who believe in us enough to to, yes, they believe us, but they see us in a different light. They approach us in a different light. They look at us in a different light. They refer to us in a different light. They, they, they approach us in a different way because based on what they believe. How many you know when you can get people who do that for one another, we call out greatness in each other. We can, we can pull things out of one another, believing something and then going after it. Can I just say this, you know, something that I, I, I feel is important when we have a, a church body like this, you know, in this kind of a side thought, if somebody here gets a word from God as a, as a body. Now, if, if somebody had a word for brother Steve, that's a good, that's a blessing to brother Steve. And so it's something that Steve can remind himself about, but how many know it would be even more powerful if uh, the body who's been joined together would also champion that for him as well, right? Start to see him in a different light. Start to respond to him in a different light. Because belief is one thing, but it's only belief that's acted upon that does something. Right? You can believe anything. I can believe that, I can believe all kinds of things, but unless I act on it, I'll never prove it out and have the benefit of what that belief is. Right? Are you out there? So what you believe is great, but what do you believe enough to actually do something about? That's what will produce in your life. Right? We have a lot of beliefs. We know a lot of word, but it's important that we put action behind. He said that, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Go to James chapter one, scripture that we know, James, the first chapter. Hallelujah. Praise God. James chapter one. Now, listen, I know we've heard these scriptures before, and I want to challenge you or caution you. Don't, don't just hear this and think, well, we've heard this before. I know this, but exa- let, let the Spirit of God examine you, right? Let, let the Spirit of God kind of work with you a little bit and mold you. You know, that's what he, part of what he's here to do is to mold us and to shape us, right? And so don't just hear these scriptures, oh, I know this, but, but, but ponder these things and be open to what the Spirit would say, amen? In James, the first chapter, verse 22, it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. Anybody, did anybody do that this morning? I know I did. Aren't you glad? Because you wouldn't want to see me had I not looked in the mirror, right? For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty... 
Now that would be, how many know faith comes by hearing the word, having your uh, finding out? Of course, faith comes when we're born again, right? But, but, but faith is, is cultivated and grows. Your mind is renewed by, by hearing the word. How many of you know that, that that's good, but that's only part of it? But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and what? What does it say? Can you, can you read what that says? Continues in it. Thank you. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what? In what he does. Notice that you can see some things. You can believe some things. There can be a conviction on the inside and there can be truth that has gotten a hold of you. But really what, 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 where the blessing is, is in blessing what he does or how they continue in these things. You know, being a doer of what we've heard, really, can I say it this way for you, for, I'll say it to, addressed to myself and to all of us, being a doer of what you've heard will determine what you get out of the truth that we know and the truth that you believe. What you do with it will determine what you get out of what you believe. I mean, really, the promises of God that we have are amazing. I mean, they, they're absolutely amazing, aren't they? They're, they're, they are life-altering, life-changing, but your life is only changed unless you actually put it into practice. You know, the belief of, of aeronautics cha- chain, had the potential to change, we'll say, we'll do this one, uh, electricity, how to harness electricity. There was some things that people learned and some beliefs people had, if we do this, we do that, we can harness electricity. How many know, had they not actually done it, we wouldn't have the things that we have? I was talking to my dad, we were talking this last week, and... Um, he was just talking about how, as a boy, that he never grew up in a house with air conditioning. It wasn't until that him and my mom got married that uh, they bought their first place, got their first place, they put a window unit in that house. That was his first experience with air conditioning. They got married. He was 17. She was 16. Don't try that at home, right? And so way too young. And so they got married, got their own place, and, and had a window unit put in, you know, and that was his first experience with air conditioning. I don't know about you, but when I heard that, I just rejoiced that I grew up in a day that that, that wasn't an oddity. I had air conditioning. All I remember is air conditioning. Hello, hello. Growing up in Florida with no air conditioning, you would think you were in hell, right? I mean, you know, you, you got to be pretty close. I don't know where it is, but it's got to be close because it's hot, right? And so grew up without any air conditioning. So they got their first place and they got air conditioning. What a blessing that is. I mean, how lucky we are. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I have mine set at the house on 74 degrees always. And that was a compromise because I wanted it colder and she wanted it warmer. So we moved it up to 74 after we got married. But, but I, some of you are like, oh, that's cold. I, I like it cold. But anyway, air conditioning is a blessing. Aren't you glad somebody learned how to harness electricity to power and AC so that you could be comfortable? Now, I don't know who invented, who, who came up with the idea, who got the brown, I don't know who it was, but aren't you glad that they didn't just have an idea, they did something with that, that idea? See, that action that they had caused that idea, or the, there was a law there, and they began to see there was something they could do with electricity. They did something with it, and it's blessed all of our lives. Had they not acted upon it, we'd all, it would be hot in here today. Right? We'd be a sweaty mess, wouldn't we? But somebody did something with it. It's not just getting something, it's doing something with it. It's such an important thing. 
And so, you know, the Lord, the last several, several weeks and, and, and I'll just, you know, like I said, these thoughts coming through, the Lord's just been kind of, uh, uh, challenging me in some areas about, you know, it's one thing to believe some things, but what are you doing with what you believe? And I believe that when he's dealing with me about something that sometimes it's just for me, but oftentimes it's not just for me, it's for us, right? So what are we doing with what we believe? What are we doing with what we believe? What are we doing with what we believe? I was singing, we, we were singing a song. Uh, just, just a few minutes, the last song we, we sang was, In Our Church Be Glorified. How many believe that it would be good for God to be glorified in our church? We have a few hands, but not everybody. Really, we, we don't think, how many think it would be good for God to be glorified? Is that something that, that, that is a desire? That, 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 do you think God wants that? Do you think it's something that we should desire? Well, I can ask, can I ask you a question. What are we doing about it? Well, when God's ready, he'll be glorified. No, that's not the way it works. Are you out there? We can, we can, there's all kinds of things you can say, Lord, you know, this is, I, I, I'm needing this or I'm wanting this. Or I believe you'll do this for me. But, but there, there's this un, uh, unnatural uh, tendency to wait and have God do it. How many know that we're the doers? He's not the doer. We're the doers. Right? So if we want God to be glorified in our church, then guess what? It's our position and our, our opportunity to glorify God. Now, I'll, I know this. Every time we take a step, God always meets us. When we put into practice what we believe, he always, everybody say always. He always meets us. Always meets us. I'm going to read this scripture. In, uh, you're in James chapter 1. Go over to James chapter 2. In the 14th verse, James 2, when you're there, say, I'm there, Pastor Greg. James chapter 2, verse 14, it says, what does it profit, my brother? Notice, written to believers. If someone says he has faith but does, does not have works, can his faith save him? When you got born again, how many, know, how many of you know what the process is in Romans as far as how someone is led to the Lord, someone becomes a new creature in Christ? You have to do what? There's two things. You have to believe in your heart, right? And what's the next thing? Confess with your mouth. Believe with your heart and confess with your mouth. Can I just tell you on a side note, when you're witnessing to people, it's not that difficult. Believe with their heart, confess with their mouth. Believe with their heart, confess with their mouth. How many know that believing is good, but if there's just believing in one's heart that he is Christ, the son of God, that he was crucified, raised from the dead, it, believing that is good, but believing that alone... I, I believe there are people in hell tonight who believed that. We know the Pharisees, they believed, but out of fear of the people, they wouldn't, they wouldn't respond. Do you think those people were born again? If they would not uh, accept him with their words or their life, even though they believed he was who he said he was, do you think, unless that changed, I and mean, we don't know what happened, but unless that changed, do you think those people are in heaven tonight? I would say that, no, they're, they're not. Right? And so believing is important, but then it's also acting upon that, doing something with it. If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can his faith save him? If your brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one, one, uh, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed to the body, what, pro what does it profit? 
Everybody wants an encouraging word, but what does it really do? Right? It says, thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But some will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You know, really what we truly believe, we do. Right? Have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and heard a strange sound? And you thought, huh, I wonder what that was. I wonder if it's a burglar. Probably not. Have you ever woken up before and you hear something and you thought, somebody's in the house. Anybody done that before? Or is it just me, right? What is that sound? What is that? And you believe somebody's in the house, it's going to cause you to react, right? I mean, mine is to grab my shotgun. Mine's not the right house to go into. So there's a shotgun right by my bed. Not a good idea to break in Greg Anderson's house. So that'll be the last thing you hear. But, <laughs> but if you really believe something, it'll cause, you to, it'll cause you to do something. It'll cause you to react, cause you to move, right? Really, we can say we believe this, believe that, but really what you truly believe you're doing something about. Right, And the Lord's been challenging me in this area. There are a lot of things that, that we say we believe, but what are we doing with those things? He says, one might say, you know, I have faith, you have works. He said, uh, uh, show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith with my works. The connotation is you can't show me your faith without works, but I'll show you mine with my works. How many you know our faith ought to be visible? It ought not be just lip service. It actually ought to be tangible, produces something, right? It says, show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. So demons have faith. They believe that he is who he says he is. Are they going to heaven? Even the demons believe and tremble, but... Uh, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that without faith your works is dead? Was not Abraham my father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works, and by works faith was made perfect? Verse 23, and the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that what uh, you you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. Faith without works is also dead. You know, there, there's so many examples in the Bible that we have of. of uh, of people. And, and, uh, we read the first scripture at Hebrews chapter 11, the, he- the Hebrews chapter 11 is called the, uh, the hall of faith. And, and, uh, I believe there's people being added to that all the time. I believe brother George is one that got added to that. You know, people who, who believe something and they live their lives to go out and accomplish something based upon what they believed. Amen. And so the, there's so many examples out there uh, of, of people who've done this. Go over there to Mark chapter five, or let's look at one. Mark, the fifth chapter, and I believe this will be a help to us. And, you know, it, it's uh, something when we hear something like this, you can then ask the Lord, you know, what is it, where are some things that I can put this into practice in my life? What are some areas that I can apply this in my life? 
You know, we've all, we're all in different places and facing different things and different things going on. But you know what? Every word you hear has the power to change your life if you'll act upon it. Amen. You know, tonight, what you hear, if you'll go back and, and begin to examine where you are, and Lord, what, what can I do with this? I guarantee you the Lord will show you some things that will make you more productive in life. Amen. In uh, Mark chapter 5, we have the story of the uh, woman with the issue of blood. 21st verse, uh, uh, we'll, we'll start in verse 25. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and has suffered many things from many physicians. How many know you're suffering with something for this many years could be kind of wearing on you? I mean, sometimes we read these, we kind of read through the scriptures. Oh, that was interesting. Think about the position this woman was in. Has something that she, it was, it was severe enough that she spent everything she had, right? I mean, she spent everything to get better. And instead of getting better, she was worth 12 years she had been facing this. Uh, and suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Notice when she heard about Jesus, she did, she, did she just hear it and say, well, that's great. What happened? She heard and then she what? She did something. Who pressed into the crowd? She did. Now, in that one verse, it's just a simple little thing there, but really it's a powerful verse. When she heard about Jesus, she came in the crowd and pressed in the crowd behind him. Is that what it says? Yeah, she came, pressed behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Now, this woman had something that was incurable. Now, I know today medical science has, has increased and, and they've gotten a hold of some things, but how many know there are still some things that are quote-unquote incurable in the medical world? right? And so this woman at the time, she had gone to the best doctors and was no better, but was worse. But she heard something. She heard something. That means that there was a spark of something in her life. She had a belief about the situation. She heard something and it caused her to have hope, right? And caused her to believe that something was possible that others said were not possible. Believe that something was possible that the doctors weren't able to produce. She believed something. But this woman had had this issue for 12 years, and there was a large crowd. And apparently, we read on that the people in the crowd were touching him. There must have been something about touching Jesus that people knew about. This must have been happening before, right? Have you ever just thought about just touching somebody? I mean, somebody must have shown this before, if I can just touch him. She heard about it, so she pressed him to just touch him. Everybody was just touching him. You know, the story, you know, goes on and he touched him and uh, she, power went out, virtue went out of Jesus. Of course, Jesus, knowing that virtue had gone out, said, turn around and said, who touched me? Right? He said, who touched me? And so in the, the disciples like, bro, Jesus, you are tripping, right? I mean, everybody's touching you. Why do you ask me who's touching you? But there was a difference between this woman's touch and everybody else's touch. Faith is huge. Her touch was different because she was doing it in faith because she believed something. They were just doing something to see if something would happen. There's a difference. Faith is huge. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is a, it's a conviction, right? It's a belief. It's an understanding. It's a knowing that if I do this, I believe this will happen. Her touch was different than their touch. 
What happened? Power went out. But had, what if she had believed it and yet didn't touch him? Had that same woman with that same kind of faith that caused virtue to go out of Jesus when other people didn't get anything, who were touching but lacked the belief, they were touching him by the, by the hundreds were touching him and nothing was happening. But this woman's touch, that was by faith. So she was in faith. What if she had this belief yet she did nothing with it? Do you think she would have been healed? No, she wouldn't have. There were probably, I don't know, but I would, I would guess there were probably others that believed if I touch him, based upon the reports they had heard, if I touch Jesus, I'll be healed. But this day, this was the woman, she believed it, and yet she did it. Think about what she had to do. When you've had an infirmity for this long, how many of you know that you're not necessarily the strongest person in the crowd? Right? And she had suffered a lot. When the the scripture says, or when somebody says somebody has suffered, that doesn't mean they're in tip-top form. And there's a lot of excuses or reasons why they can't do certain things because they've suffered, right? This woman had suffered. She had suffered for 12 years, and yet she believed something strongly enough that she pushed through the crowd. She believed enough that she did something about what she believed. I'm telling you, believing is great, but it's works that's applied to our faith. We're not justified by our works. We're not earning our salvation. But I'm telling you, you can't believe without works. You can't believe without doing something with it. Right? So she believed it, and then she did something about it. Faith without works is dead. You know, there, there's so many things that, that, that don't make any sense to us, right? So many things in the Bible that really don't make sense to our natural minds because it's not the way the natural world works. But let me know that God's not limited by what's natural to us. He's a supernatural being. That means that he's above the natural, right? We have all these superhero movies. That means they're not just a hero, they're a superhero, they can fly. They can do this. They can do that. They can do things that, that normal people can't do. Well, he's a supernatural God, and we've been invited to live a supernatural life. That means not limited by everybody else's limitations. What may seem normal to somebody that's natural is not normal to us. To think that you could believe and confess something, it would change who you are. That's actually pretty crazy, isn't it? Just simply believing something and confessing it with my mouth can make me a new creature? Think about that. Just believing something and doing something about it can turn you into an entirely different individual. Has anybody done that here? What a miracle to believe in your heart and confess. You are, the Bible says, you're a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away and, now all, and, and all things have become new. And now all things are of God. Just by simply believing something and confessing it out of your mouth. Wow. Right? People think, well, that, I mean, that, that, I, I, I have had people tell me that just sounds too good to be true. I've had people tell me that just sounds, that's just too easy. It cannot be that easy. Have you ever had, anybody ever told you that before? Have had somebody close to me tell me right to my face, I just can't believe it's just that easy. It is that easy. Listen, God's ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than our ways, meaning that they don't always make sense. 
nor are they always convenient. But his ways are his ways, and they do work, right? And so it's important that, that we get over that and, 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 and not get caught up in the details as far as what sounds right or what doesn't sound right, but actually putting into practice what the Word says, right? Being a doer of the things that you've heard, that's where the power is. I'm all over the place here. Go from the Romans, the fourth chapter, Romans chapter four. Somebody say, praise God. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Aren't you glad we've got the word? I mean, there's so much instruction written in here. So much instruction that's written here. So much instruction, so much guidance. We'll just put it into practice. I can tell you, you in my own life, areas where I've not really put it into practice is not areas I've been fully convinced. I don't know about you, but that's where I'm at. Areas where I've not done it is because I wasn't fully convinced. Yeah. In Romans chapter 4, it says, Therefore it is a faith that it might be according to grace, that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only those who are of the law, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who, of whom, whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he might become the father of many nations according to what uh, was spoken, so shall your descendants be, And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. See, it right away starts talking about an action attached to his faith. He wasn't weak in faith, so he didn't consider something. I think one of the things that happens a lot of times, the Lord gives us instructions, and because it doesn't make sense, we challenge its authenticity and whether the power, if it's really real. You know, many years ago, some of you saw the video uh, uh, in 2007, Pastor and Pastor and I went to Zimbabwe, and, and uh, I know this week we were joking about, or last Sunday night, Steve had made fun of me, I guess, for, uh, I tend to be a little bit of an adrenaline junkie, my own admission. But, you know, to be perfectly honest, I don't really like hikes. I don't care for hikes. I don't like hikes uh, we have to get up in the lift. You know, there's certain things I've gotten used to. On Saturday night last week, I had to come down, you know, because so there was a bunch of lights up here that had burned out. So I wanted to get those fixed before church on Sunday morning. And uh, so I brought Jack down here with me. So we had the lift. So I have him back there at the back. He's turning on lights. I'm telling him, turn on 14. He turns it on and I change the bulb. Turn it back off. So we're doing all this stuff. And uh, so afterward, you know, we get in the lift and he wants to ride the lift. And so I said, all right, we'll get in the lift. Well, so we, we're actually driving around. Don't tell Anyway, we're driving around in here. You don't tell Pastor Andrew. I mean, we're, oh, we're, hey, we're having a good time. You know, we're driving around. And so he goes, well, I want to go up to the top. I said, all right, let's go. So I hit the button and we went up to the ceiling, you know, and I bumped his head on the ceiling, just being mean. But anyway, uh, as we're up there, you know, I said, he's like, wow, this is, uh, this is really high. I said, yeah, it's pretty high, isn't it? I start shaking the lift. His reaction was, huh. Like, that's going to help him, right? I'm going to get as low to the bottom of the, the, where I'm standing. No, that's not going to help you. If it's going to tip, it would have already done it. 
And so he's just, you know, I can't believe he did that. Well, I've gotten kind of used to some things, but I just naturally just don't like hikes. Years ago, I would probably not have done that, but I've gotten used to going up in our lift and, and things that we used to have to change light bulbs in the parking lot here with scaffolding and then get an eight-foot ladder on top of the scaffolding and go up to the lights in the parking lot and stand on the top or second-to-top rung of that ladder to reach the lights. I hated that job. I mean, when a light bulb went out, I was like, that's the work of the devil. I mean, I was so angry. You know, I don't want to get that. When Ike used to do it, I would mess with him. I sowed a lot of bad seed there. But anyway, uh, I hated that job. I just hate Steve would just, just, we would have no lights in the parking lot, right? And so I'm not a fan of hikes, but you know, I've gotten used to a certain amount. But when we went to Africa, I stood on that bridge. Hikes was a whole nother level. And, and I went telling Amy, if I have an opportunity to jump off the bridge, I'm going to jump off the bridge. I already, I'd already made a declaration. I'm going to do something. I'm the kind of person that if I say I'm going to do it, a lot of times I'll do it on purpose just so that when I get there, I kind of have to do it now that I said it. So I sort of, if I go, if we go, if I have a chance, I'm going to jump off that bridge. When I got to that bridge, I looked down and those, they had people whitewater rafting in the bottom. And I'm not talking about the little rubber dinghies you float in. These were huge guy, big rafts, and they were little tiny things going in the water down at the bottom and little tiny dots of people in it. I was a long ways up there. And so, you know, I told Amy I'm going to do it. I can't go home and be a chicken. Her husband's got to be brave. So I, so I went and I paid my $100. I've had people ask me, how did you do it? Because I don't really like hikes. You know what I did is I didn't consider anything contrary to what I was going to do. Once I paid my money, I didn't consider something else. Had I thought about what could have happened, I wouldn't have done it. Had I, had I, had I considered my options that I could have, I could pay the hundred dollars. I already paid, it was a hundred dollars to jump off the bridge, which was a big money in Zimbabwe. I could, I could, I paid my money. Maybe I can pay them to Photoshop a picture of me jumping off a bridge and tell everybody that I did it. No, I was like, no, I'm not going to consider that. I'm just going to get up there and I'm going to do it. I had pastor talking about Steve Green coming to get me in Zimbabwe. I'm like, what are you doing, right? <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? He's, he kept asking me to check your heart. Are you at peace? Like, is there something you're trying to tell me? Like, no, I'm just saying, well, just be quiet because I'm about to jump off this thing and I don't need you filling me with thoughts. So I just didn't consider. What is the thing that causes us a lot, causes us a lot of times to not do, not to be a doer of the word is we consider things we ought not consider. Right? Abraham didn't consider. Did I read this part yet? Yeah, in verse 19, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Notice it was, he, it was multiple fronts he couldn't think about. Not just himself, but also about her. See, if the devil can't get you in one area, if you're open to considering things that are contrary to God's word, God's promise, God's plan, if you're open to it, he'll try you in one area. And if you won't bite the, take the bait, he'll try you in another area. Right? Well, you can't do this. If you do that, this could happen. Well, you can't do this because of this. No, I'm, I'm, I got this. Well, what about this? See, we have to, we have to continue in these things. We have to continue in these things and not let these considerations get to us, right? 
So he didn't, he not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he's about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's wound. He did not uh, waver at the promises of God through unbelief. Wow. Think about that. A considering of something that was opposite of God's word or God's promise is actually called unbelief. Think about that. It's called unbelief. He did not waver the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Well, there's so much here. Strengthened his faith by by glorifying God. What is it? He's magnifying God, making God bigger than the situation, right? And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Notice he didn't consider. I'm telling you, Whatever it is in your life, whatever it is that the Lord's been dealing with you about, watch where your mind goes. Watch where your mind goes. Scripture says in 2 Corinthians, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, 2 Corinthians 10, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. What are strongholds? They are things that oppose you and grip you. Right? Do you have something that's gripping your life? Could it be fear? Could it be anxiety? Could it be a, a physical thing, a financial thing? I mean, whatever it is, strongholds are something that are, they, 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 they have a position, they have an advantage in your life, right? But we have a weapon that is not carnal, but it's mighty in God for pulling down those strongholds. You know, there are things that, that, that each of us face that seem insurmountable. It's a stronghold in your life. What you have, the weapons you have are mighty to pull those things down, right? What is it going to say? Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself, what? Against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Isn't this also talking about action? Isn't this also talking about action? You have the knowledge of him, you have an understanding, but then you have to take action to it and do something with it and take authority over thoughts that you have. I believe, Brother Hagin said this, I believe it to be true, the renewing of the mind is probably one of the greatest needs in the body of Christ. To not just hear a truth, but accept it as the truth. To renew your mind and accept the new reality that this brings and what this means. Much of that will oppose what you see. You do realize that, right? The things of God will oppose most often what you see. There is no way touching Jesus would do anything for that woman. But she believed it enough to not be be discouraged or talked out of it, even by her own body telling her, you can't do this. Do you think a thought came for her to give up? You don't think a thought, Sister Harris, came for her to give up? I guarantee a thought came to give up. She just dealt with that thought. Yeah, she dealt with that. She misunderstood what I said. I'm sure there were thoughts. You know, this is, this is, that crowd is huge. Look at all those people. They're packed in all around Jesus. I'm way out here. I'm weak. How am I going to get from where I am to where he is? Notice Jesus didn't come to her. She went to him. I'm waiting for Jesus to come to me. Listen, if, he, if you can see him, he's close enough, you go get it, right? See, we're, 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 he, he's not the doer, we're the doers. 
She had reason to think, you know, I can't do this. Socially, she could have been cast out for doing what she did. She might even been, have been able to have been put to death by what she did. They didn't play back then. If you had some sort of ailment going on, you were unclean. You could not be with where everybody else was. She, she said, listen, I'm going to throw out conventional wisdom. I'm going to throw out what everybody says is right and what's wrong. I'm going to do what I believe. Now, your beliefs have got to be based upon the word, Right? Just because you believe something doesn't necessarily mean it's right. Can you find it in scripture? Does it agree with scripture? Right? But once you get a hold of what it says, you got to go for it. When it comes to finances, you know, it may not make sense to tithe, but we have scripture for it and we have promises for it. You know, you realize you can be believing God for finances, but if you won't tithe and put action to it, there's not much God can do for you. Are y'all out there? You know, that, that's, I don't know what else to say, but that's the truth. That, now, you know, he blesses people and does as much as he can, but if you're facing something and you want God's help, and all, you've got you've to take God at his word. That's what the scripture we read says, not giving by compulsion, not because somebody makes you do it or somebody gives an example of something that worked great for them. What's the Lord telling you to do? Start with what you know. Start with what the word says. And don't consider another option. Don't consider anything else, but be a doer of what you know to do, what you've heard. That tithing doesn't work. It absolutely works, but only if you do it, right? I mean, there's so many different areas. There's so many different, so many different things. Praise God. Go over to Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews the 10th chapter. You know, it could be things in your body. And that's why you'll never hear us here to tell people, go to the doctor, don't go to the doctor. That's nobody's business but yours and God, right? Now, if you're going to a doctor that doesn't have a degree and bought his from someplace in Aruba, you know, there, you know, there are sham doctors out there. You probably ought not to be going to that doctor. <laughs> probably just that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But we don't tell people to do this. Don't, what's the Lord telling you to do? Right? What's so funny? <laughs> no, that's up to you, but you do know there are things that you can do that the word instructs you to do. Don't talk sickness in your life, right? Don't look for a pity party, <laughs> right? There are things that you can do. Discipline yourself to do those things. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, it says, therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has what? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has, therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Yeah. For you have need of endurance so that after you have what? Done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Don't cast away your confidence, your beliefs. Don't cast them away because they have great reward. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder, one who pays up. God pays up, y'all. I said he pays up, y'all. So don't cast aside your confidence. 
You may be in a spot where there's been things that you've heard and heard, but nothing's happened. Maybe you need to regain some confidence in God, and and maybe it's not happening because you've not been doing anything with it. Regain your confidence. Spend some time in the Word refreshing what the Scriptures say, what the promises are, what He's told you He would do. Get that thing established in your life, right? In hope, believe something, even if it's contrary to hope. Meaning it doesn't make sense in term of hope. That's not something you can hope for. But have hope. You realize there are things in the word that don't make any sense. That go against hope. That you, you can't, you, you're getting excited about something that's not even possible. Right? But in hope, right, you, you can go after these things. So don't cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will again, coming, he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Verse 38, now the just shall live by faith. Live by faith. Living is what? It's an action. The just don't just have faith, they live by what they believe. They live by what they believe. For yet a little while he he is coming and will not tarry. The just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Notice we want to please God, be satisfied him. uh, uh, What's the scripture say that we read first? By faith is possible to please him. We want him to be pleased, right? Well, it says here, if anyone, uh, the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. That means we're going the wrong direction. But notice verse 39, I love this. We are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. We are not of those who draw back. Are you of those that draw back? Say, I'm not of those who draw back. So you gotta, you gotta have this in you. Listen, I don't know where it is, where you're at. What's going on in your life? Are you doing what the word says? Are you putting your belief into action in your life? Or are you waiting for God to do something? Or are you going to do something? The hall of faith, we read the scripture in Hebrews, it's full of people that by faith did something. Right? They believed something and so they did something. Notice it didn't say they believed something and God did something. They believed something and they did something. Romans chapter 12, a scripture that I love. I've read a bunch of times, Romans chapter 12, verse one. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is that? It's controlling your thoughts, right? Notice, so that you may prove. Who does it say does the proving? You do it. You do the proving what is the will of God. How do I do the proving? You just simply act on what you believe. You act on what you believe. Does it make any sense if you're in financial mess to give? Makes no sense at all. Does it? Makes no sense. But we have it all throughout the word that that he 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 who waters himself will be watered, Right? Given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. He says he'll bless the seed that you sow. Not the seed that you eat, the seed that you sow. 
Now we talk about money because it hits us where we live every day, right? We spend four, five days a week, most of us, unless you're retired, you don't have to do that. Working, we're gaining money, right? It's something that we need. It doesn't make any sense to take what you're earning, give it away so that God can, what? That's not what? It, but in the kingdom of God, it makes total sense. You got to know what's true. Be convinced of it. And then put it into action in your life. Put it into action in your life. I tell you, the promises of God that we have are huge. The promises that God has made you is huge. The call he has on your life is huge. Right? What are we waiting on? Now, I can't tell you what to do in every situation because I don't know what the situations are. Now, if it's something in the word, I can tell you, just do what the word says. But there are things that are outside of that, that specific details. I, maybe I can't tell you what that is, Right? One thing I've noticed, a lot of times people want somebody else to tell them what to do. But notice he rewards those who diligently seek him. If you want to know, seek God. Put some action. You have a desire and you believe he's got your answer. Put some action to that and seek God. Well, I can't seek God. Well, if you, if you can spend an hour on the internet, right? Searching out things on Pinterest to do to your house. You can spend an hour in the word, can't you? See, we limit ourselves. There's all these excuses. We have so many excuses to not do what God said in his word to do. And then we think, well, it didn't work. Nobody's ever been there before but me, right? Well, that didn't work, but did you do what it said? Or did you just kind of, eh. Abraham left where he lived in search of something. That is commitment, y'all. Right? He left where he was, made no sense to his family, and left where he was because he was looking for something else that God had promised. He did something about it. I just want to challenge you tonight, you know. Uh, we have so much truth, so much word, so many things that we understand and know. Let's be doers of those things. Does that sound like a good idea? I don't know what it is, but let's be doers of those things. If we want God to be glorified in our church, let's glorify God. Let's be a doer. If we will put, give an opportunity, he will surely respond to us. Listen, our job is not the fulfillment of it. It's the believing and acting on what he said. He will cause it to take place. Well, I don't know how that's going to happen. Doesn't, you don't need to know how it'll work itself out. Just need to know what he said he would do and obey what he said to do about the situation. The woman with the issue of blood didn't heal herself. Virtue went out of Jesus. Her part was just to believe something and then act upon it. He supplied the power. He supplied the virtue. Whatever it is in your life that's going on, whatever it is, examine, am I doing what I know to do? Am I putting it into practice? If you'll do that, God will always respond to you. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.